All right, we're back with the Storm Tracker podcast. Uh, great win for the Canes this weekend uh, on the road in Georgia against Georgia Tech. Um, I think it was pretty nice to see the team bounce back like that, especially after that embarrassing loss to Florida State. But Frank, what were your thoughts on that? You know, just the team's reaction in terms of after losing a game like that to Florida State and, you know, putting together probably their most complete game of the season. I think it's another another reason that patience is going to be needed going forward. All the young kids had an influence in this win, the Wesley Saints, the Inez Coopers, the Jakari Browns. You can even lump in Jalen Knighton. He hasn't been here that long. He's still a sophomore. So it, it, it's, it's proof that there is still hope for the Miami Hurricanes going forward. This is not a season where they were able to put anything together substantially, but I don't think the expectations should have been that it, it was nine or 10 wins. We had hope at the beginning of the year, and I think fandom kind of clouded our minds. But overall, it, that's this is just a beacon that a beacon of hope that things are going to get better. Jakari Brown is is what I think Miami has needed. Right uh, for weeks, I've been trying to tell people. A dual threat quarterback is going to be vital to modernize this offense going forward. You don't got to throw the ball 50 something times. You can throw the ball 20 times and still score 35 points. You can utilize your offensive line strengths, which is a lot of size, strength. The weight training program obviously worked this offseason because everybody put more weight on. Everybody looks better physically. And they kind of utilize just allowing guys to, to bully people up front. I know it was Georgia Tech. They're not exactly a powerhouse, but you get the sign that when the guys that are bought in are actually given an opportunity to play, the results are better. Yeah, I agree with you. In terms of, you know, top performances in this game, uh, obviously the biggest one we probably want to touch base on is uh, Cameron Kinchins, three interceptions, Pass deflection, eight tackles. Uh, one of those interceptions going for 99 yards. House call from end zone to end zone. Touchdown. Uh, tremendous performance by him. Even Alonzo Highsmith, uh, you know, just giving him his credit on Twitter uh, Saturday night, just saying, you know, I've scouted guys for about 24 years, Alonzo said, and never have I seen a safety have that type of game in college. So I, I think that was quite quite a great moment for him. Uh, you know, also with those three interceptions, tying the single game record at Miami, three interceptions in one game. The last time that was done 2006 by Kenny Phillips against Duke. So it's been quite some time. Uh, Frank, your thoughts on Cam? I've been saying it all along. He's the MVP of this team. He's the best tackler. Something that you talk about all the time, six interceptions on the year. Now he's one of the best players in regards to consistency on a week-to-week basis. He just does it all. He's been like this since Miami Northwestern, since Little League as a Miami, as a Miami kid. He's just one of those building block players that Miami is going to have to lean on while he's still here. Everybody hoped it was going to be the James Williams and the Avante Williams of the world, but Cam Kinchins has proven that he was an absolute steal when he came to Miami. He's still just a sophomore. He's still just a sophomore. And I, I think he's a program type guy that that is going to be one of those players that prove that guys are going to stay the full length of time. I hope he becomes 
a senior leader for this team at some point. He is he's a guy that has all American potential. He's going to be in that conversation this year. He's going to be an all conference player. Uh, what is it not to love about Cam Kitchens? Yeah, leading the ACC now in interceptions. Uh, the last time Miami even had a player with six interceptions, that was 2015 with Artie Burns. He finished that that 2006, uh, 2015 season with six interceptions. Prior to that, 10, or, 10 interceptions by Sean Taylor. So you're talking about, well, those 10 was in 2003. But you're talking about the most interceptions by a safety at Miami in practically almost two decades. Uh, most interceptions by any DB uh, tied with Artie Burns at this point over the last 20 years as well. So it's very impressive. Uh, Miami still has anywhere between two to three games left in this season. You think more could be coming for Cam? Maybe one. Maybe one. We saw at the beginning of the year he had a a stretch of games where he he picked up those first three interceptions of the year. And then there was that layoff until last week, of course. It's hard to get interceptions. And I think Clemson is going to try to really control – Miami through the trenches. They're going to try to run it down their throat, uh, a la Travis Etienne <laughs> when Miami played him. So it's going to be hard. Pitt Pitt's going to use a really run heavy approach as well. So I, I don't I don't think he needs to get another interception this year to to see this as as a successful season for him. Uh, I, could you put it past Cam Kitchens? Absolutely not. He's in my opinion, the best player on the team this season. And if he got another one or two, that would be completely within the realm of possibility for me. Yeah, he had a tremendous grade by uh, Pro Football Focus. Uh, 93.7 coverage grade during Saturday's game. That's that's like elite as it can get for a single game. Uh, speaking about Pro Football Focus grades, uh, this we were talking about before the pod, and I think we really got to jump on this here and talk about it because you and me have been saying this for some time. Wesley the same he needs to play more. We didn't understand why he wasn't playing more. Finally got his first start for Miami on Saturday, had his best game. Uh, he's actually graded out as the second best freshman linebacker in the entire country. He's only behind Harold Perkins, which – I'm sure many people saw in that LSU Arkansas game. Uh, that kid is a freak, his own self. But um, Wesley Besaint, 78.1 pro football focus grade. Impressive. Uh, Frank, your thoughts? Always been one of my favorite players. Always been one of my pl- favorite players since I was covering him at Miami Central. He's graded out better than majority of our linebackers the entire year. He's been first or second in pretty much every single game this season. He was once again over a 70 grade for this game. Was exceptional overall. He's probably the most physical we player physical player we have at the second level and that includes Corey Flagg who gets TFL numbers and 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 is and is solid when uh playing downhill but overall Wesley is an old school linebacker that Miami has hasn't had in in a, in a while. He's He's got the the modern skill set of being able to run a 4-5 caliber 40. He's got the ability to drop into coverage, something that Caleb Johnson and Corey Flagg haven't proven to be able to do at all. And 
honestly, it's it's been rough sledding at linebacker for a while since like Shaq Quarterman, I would probably say. And I think even he kind of under-delivered at, at points uh, during his tenure at Miami. I, I, I love Wesley Besant, and, and I think that he, you have guys at each level of this defense. You got the Leonard Taylors of the world. You got the Daryl Jacksons, the Nigel E. Kellys. Hopefully Cyrus Moss becomes one of those guys. Then you got Wesley Besant. You got the three linebackers coming in. You got Cam Kinchins on the back end. Hopefully Daryl Porter, who graded out really well this week as well. And on top of Cormani McLean, potentially Damari Brown. The sky is the limit for the next couple of years at Miami on defense. Uh, I think the biggest question is, is it going to be Coach Coach Steele leading him or somebody else? Yeah, I agree with you. Um, the biggest thing that stood out to me in terms of Wesley's performance on Saturday, I kept pointing this out, sniffing out those dump passes out of the backfield to the running backs, which I've seen Miami get killed by for years. And the last linebacker I can recall at Miami that that sniffed out those check down passes when everything breaks down in in terms of, of the pocket and the quarterback's looking for someone to throw the ball to. We've seen this for countless years. Miami just gets killed by the check down pass to the running back, just a swing pass out of the backfield. Wesley, he was um, he played it almost to perfection. It reminded me of Sean Spence. And and it's kind of funny because they both wear the same they well, Sean wore 31 at Miami and Wesley's now wearing 31 at Miami too. So I just it just passed my mind. I'm like, man, he reminds me of Sean Spence when he does that. Like it it's it's almost like his instincts is just it's on a different level compared to some of the other linebackers on this team. And I think it was very prevalent in this game. And I think that type of performance and just flashes we've seen this year moving forward, I don't see how he gives up his starting job from this point on. Would you agree? hundred percent, a hundred percent. And Caleb Johnson had another horrible game graded out as one of the worst players in the team this week. He's going to be a lock in starter. They've talked about him as an elite player, a, a guy that he kind of reminds me of that never got a chance to really develop at Miami just because of, off the field stuff is Jermaine Grace. Yep. A little undersized, super explosive, physical, got that South Florida mentality, good in coverage, fast and physical. He's just fast and physical. And, and that's who he really reminds me of. He he could be what Jermaine Grace was supposed to become coming out of Miramar. I I I think next year he's gonna be a team captain type guy. He makes he, he's starting to make media appearances now as well, which is gonna be huge his confidence and his growth as a leader on this team. He's he is an NFL style player, especially with the with defenses transitioning to the 425 scheme more and more. Having a guy that can flex out as a strong safety type player while being able to play in the box, something that James Williams should be doing <laughs> is is, is a, a breath of fresh air uh, at the University of Miami. Yeah, I'm kind of excited to see between you know wesley now stepping up uh, unfortunately chase smith is out for the rest of this season with an injury but um you know even uh chase smith's development in the spring he's a guy that i'm also high on to one of the younger linebackers in that room uh, just between his athleticism and length but between those two guys and you bring in another three like raul aguirre 
uh, Bobby Washington, Malik Bryant. That room is getting an injection of talent next year. And now you have Wesley the Saint really stepping up on this back half end of the season. Uh, it's starting to look a little promising for Miami at that position. And, and it's been some years. Uh, I'll be honest here. You know, some Canes fans, they said, oh, I can't wait for Shaq Quarterman and Michael Pinkney to leave Miami, which I thought was crazy in itself when Canes fans said that at the time. But, hey, uh, sometimes you get what you wish for and it's not necessarily what you really need. But moving forward, though, obviously one of the biggest headlines coming into this game Jakari Brown starting his homecoming, coming back to his home state in Georgia. Beautiful performance by him. Three touchdowns, protected the ball, no turnovers. Uh, even almost had 100 yards on the ground. He had 87 to my recollection. But, hey, if, if he got maybe a couple, few more reps, I think he could have eclipsed 100 yards too. But he had – I think he had basically the type – and how would I put it into better words of uh, – probably the best type of performance you would want from a freshman quarterback in their first start. And mind you, I saw this statistic pass by during the game. Jakari's three touchdowns is the most touchdowns by a freshman starter at the University of Miami since 2014 in a single game. So very impressive. Frank, your thoughts? I think the biggest thing – that Jakari did in this game was he was 14 of 20 as a passer, proving that he's capable of being accurate. He was able to, to stand in the pocket, deliver throws. The offensive line gave him a chance as well. No quarterback hits, just one sack allowed, only one TFL allowed, I think, one or, or maybe I think there was only a couple TF, potential TFLs or anything like that. It, the offensive line did a tremendous job. They played for Jakari Brown. No turnovers. Right, ran for almost 100 yards. I think 87 was because of sack yardage lost or something like that. And three touchdowns. We haven't had a touchdown in almost three games. And this kid, and this kid put up three in one game and and helped lead this offense to 21 points in the fourth quarter. That's one thing that people don't realize as well. Miami has even when they've been able to score points this year, it's usually been in the first half. They've been really able to start off pretty strong with Tyler Van Dyke, and then the passing game kind of tapers off towards the end of the game. It's like we put her out towards the end. And Jakari Brown was able to start off a little slow, baby. But overall, I mean, the first drive they scored. But outside of that, like, you you put up 35 points. 35 points. Even when Miami was throwing the ball 57 times, they were scoring 24, 21, 20 points. Twenty. You scored 35 points on 20 throws. That is as efficient as it comes. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree with you, man. And, you know, just in that same context of just freshmen that are really starting to come into their own in this second half of the season, I think it was it was great to see a guy like Jaleel Skinner getting his first touchdown, which, by the way, um, uh, credit to uh, one of the UM photographers pointed this out. I think this was back in the North Carolina game. Really should have been uh, Jaleel Skinner's second touchdown of the season, but it is what it is. Um, awesome seeing him getting a touchdown. You know, Jaden Harris got out there. I think he had like two pass breakups towards the end of the game. Uh, Markeith Williams, freshman safety, getting in there. He looked active, physical, 
Uh, obviously, he still has to build up, you know, just in terms of physical stature, but still impressive seeing some of those young guys getting out there and getting reps. I, I really loved seeing that. And obviously, one of the other biggest ones, and we've been talking about this for a few weeks now, Inez Cooper at right guard, uh, he, he's really moving people up front. And I think he's kind of given some juice to Miami's run game recently. Yeah, yeah, it's 100% true. Uh, the running game is going to be vital going forward. Uh, the Josh Gaddis offense is successful when you're able to rush for 200-plus yards. It's proven at Michigan. Right? Rooster being able to rush for 100 yards, the fourth individual 100-yard rushing performance of the year, it is, is huge. It, and I, I know people want to say that the offense hasn't worked. If you go back and look at the numbers during Rhett Lashley's time, they were terrible rushing the football, one of the worst teams in the country. There were only 300-yard individual performances all last season. We're going to probably double that by the time the season is done. And Rooster being able to come to life a little bit um, and, and Henry Parrish being banged up but probably healthy enough to play next week means that you're going to have a potential two-headed monster and you're going to have Jakari Brown, who is a, a, an 11th guy on this offense that you have to respect with the ball in his hand. Right, like like it, this. There is there is ability on this offense that we haven't seen ever. Maybe like the King, loved him, really good player. He is not as physically gifted as Jakari Brown is, and he. I don't think that he's got the same arm talent as Jakari Brown as well. I know the accuracy issues that people talk about. He proved that that's not exactly a total issue this week with his with his fourteen of twenty. I think that this offense is what you can win games with, especially in the ACC, being able to limit the, the the quarterbacks in this conference and keep them off the field, control the clock. They had possession of 35 minutes in this game. That's huge. They had more than 11 minutes more of possession time of possession than Georgia Tech in this game. If you can control the clock, control the line of scrimmage, and, and punish teams throughout four quarters – you got a chance. You always got a chance. I agree with you. And in terms of Jakari Brown, you know, he got here in the spring and I, I'll go just a tiny bit in depth on this. I happened to have a chance to speak with the kid during spring practices, following one of the following one of his practices during the spring. And, you know, he he was telling me and Steve-O, our film guy here at uh, Canes County, he was telling us both that, you know, he spoke with Bernie Kosar and some of the other former great uh, Canes quarterbacks. And he was telling us that, you know, Bernie was telling him, I see it in your eyes. I see it in your face, man. You're, you're anxious. You're, you're impatient. You want to get out there on the field. But, you know, Bernie told him, your time is coming. Like, you just got to be patient. Your time is coming. And I don't think it could have been written better. You know, his first start being back in his home state great game that he put together and you know before we get into this this debate that that you know obviously every Canes fan is wondering about now between Tyler Van Dyke and Jakari Brown now moving forward obviously things don't look so great uh in terms of the outlook for Jake Garcia's future at Miami now uh, especially with Jakari Brown's arrival on the field uh before we get into that you know Canes fans anyone that's listening right now uh going to plug you into our social accounts uh 
Check out Canes underscore county on Twitter, canes.county on Instagram, uh, canescounty.com or miami.rivals.com. We are part of the Rivals Network. And let's get back into it. Frank, uh, what's your take? Should Miami continue to roll with Jakari Brown the rest of the way? Or do you think they should try to see if uh, Tyler Van Dyke can give it a go before this season ends? I think based off the comments from two previous quarterbacks that played on this team, you got Malik Rogier talked about he had he had shoulder issues, right? From that from that 10 win season, right? And he really was never the same. Scar tissue messed him up. Jaron Williams, I know he's he's got his issues and was a kind of a failure here at Miami. He also said he had shoulder issues and it made it so that he was never the same. And I believe he medically retired from it. Don't mess up Tyler Van Dyke. Even if he's not a future Miami Hurricanes quarterback, don't mess him up to bring him back for games that we should probably be seeing the young guys anyway. Let him get healed up for the end of the year. Go into the offseason. If he needs anything done to his shoulder, you make sure that he's healthy enough going into that procedure so that his recovery is reasonable. And then you go into a quarterback controversy into next season, not including Jake Garcia, obviously. Jakari Brown fits this offense to a T. But Tyler Van Dyke, before getting hurt, showed so many glimpses of being the Tyler Van Dyke that we hoped. There was a stretch there where he was doing some really good things in the passing game. I felt like they were kind of putting too much on him in regard to the amount of attempts without balancing it with the rushing attack. But it seems if you're able to go into next season, if Jalen, you know, Knighton stays, you have Henry Parrish, Trevante Citizen can get healthy. If you can add another running back in the 2023 class or in the transfer portal, you're able to to have that rushing attack to help Tyler Van Dyke not be so dependent on leading, willing this team to a victory. And I think that he's still probably the best quarterback in the roster. I love Jakari Brown. I think this is going to be huge for his confidence going forward, but I still think Tyler Van Dyke is going to be the Miami quarterback next season. And you should sit him out and just kind of hope and pray that his shoulder is going to come back to what it was before. I agree with exactly everything that you said, Frank. And, you know, I, I'm personally of the opinion that, no, you should not rush back Tyler Van Dyke. I agree with you. Do not mess up his future. Uh, it's We've seen this happen all around college football. We've seen it happen around uh, uh, professional football as well. And, you know, I, I personally think Jakari will get the start heading into Death Valley in Clemson, South Carolina. And it's it's going to be a learning experience for him because, you know, it's a whole different animal going on the road playing Georgia Tech. Now you're going to go into Death Valley at Clemson, 81,000 screaming fans. Uh, that That's a real big-time college football environment. But my other question is, what happens to Jake Garcia now? Uh, I think Jake Garcia transfers. And – he is, he is another Jaron Williams, in my opinion. Not a problem off the field, but just an exciting arm talent that lost his confidence at some point. I don't think he's the answer. I don't think he fits this offense. He wasn't somebody that Miami recruited, this new staff recruited, 
right? It's it's just not a fit. I think he needs to go somewhere, start anew, get that confidence back, kind of get with a guy who's a quarterback guru, right? You go to Elaine Kiffin or something along those lines. Maybe go back out to the West Coast to a UCLA, take a year off and, and try to come back with a Chip Kelly. But I just don't think that he's a fit, and I don't think that he's better than Jakari Brown, honestly. Jakari Brown has always been a winner. Uh, Jake Garcia has really had some issues, and I, I know there are circumstances going around it. He's transferred, transferred four times in high school. So he's never really been that guy. He, he's always been a really good talent. There's always been a lot of you know hope that he's going to develop into something more and more, more special. But I think he's part of uh, – Part of the issues with the evaluation process with quarterbacks and recruiting, you, you can get excited about a, 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 an arm, but you shouldn't get caught up in just that. There are being one of the best teams in the country in high school football, and it, it's time for Jake Garcia to to look for greener pastures. Yeah, I agree with you. It's it's unfortunate the way it has turned out, but I think it's better for Miami. Uh, you know, I I don't like look, I'm with you Frank that I do expect Tyler Van Dyke to return next season. And I would love to see that comp- that quarterback competition this spring between Tyler and Jakari. I think Jakari can really push Tyler to continue to elevate his game. There's a lot of good things that Tyler has, just some things he needs to clean up. Uh, Maybe potentially a new offensive coordinator, maybe not. Uh, We will see at the end of the season. But, you know, speaking about the future, obviously there was big news before this Georgia Tech game. Miami fans going crazy. Jaden Rashada flips to the Florida Gators. And a little context behind that, uh, the Gator Collective, they were actually working behind the scenes uh, trying to get Rashada down on a visit. They were working out some NIL deal with him. A uh, couple of things happened there. I spoke to some people after that decommitment. Uh, I think Miami will be fine. And I think it couldn't have been better timing, uh, you know, just the arrival of Jakari Brown and his performance on the field last week. Look, I'm not crowning Jakari Brown. But it's promising when you get a first start like that, a first actual start in college football and that type of performance. Yeah, it's it's a bright future. And you bring in an Emory Williams next year who can make almost any throw on the field. He just needs to clean up, clean up a, a bit of his mechanics. But, you know, you stash a guy like that on your roster and you go after another blue chip quarterback next year. I think Miami's quarterback room will be fine regardless if Jake leaves or not. Your thoughts, Frank? I think that Jakari Brown has made it so that you don't necessarily need a quarterback right in this 2023 class that is a, a blue-chip type guy. Does it hurt to lose to lose Jaden Rashada in this class? Absolutely, because it hurts your push for a potential top three type class. Now you can still get to that top five ranking, in my opinion, with the Samson Oak and Lola's of the world yeah. buying in. If you get a Damari Brown, you get a few other guys, maybe a Tayshawn Lyons who could, who's going to be potentially a recruiting bump type player. Uh, if Chris Johnson, jump, like there are, there are, there's so much room in this class. If you get to that 20, if you get to that 25 number that they should get to, you're going to be at the same number of prospects with a better average than the Florida Gators who 
are still under the average with Jaden Rashada in the class. So he wasn't a make or break for me talent-wise at quarterback. I just think you always want to build your class around one blue-chip type guy. Bring in a quarterback every year and have a guy that really brings hope to those 2023 or 2024 or 2025 kids. Uh, so next year they're going to have to go after the air, the, the air New Orleans of the world, the DJ Lagways of the world, the Michael Van Buren's of the world. And if you can secure one of those, then it doesn't really hurt to, to lose Jaden Rashada from a roster perspective. Yeah, I totally agree with you. And, you know, just my lasting takeaway with all of that combined together, just all that quarterback talk. I've always said that I think Miami would be better off on offense at least in the future, with a true dual threat quarterback. Obviously, there's some things that Jakari Brown needs to clean up in terms of, you know, just touch on some deep balls and whatnot. But it's exciting. It's exciting to see what could potentially be in the future. And with that said, that's a wrap from the Storm Tracker podcast. Uh, You could check this podcast out on the Canes County YouTube channel. We'll have it up on the site as well, this podcast. Also check us out on social media as well, on Twitter at Canes underscore County, on Instagram at Canes.County. Uh, you could check out Frank's uh, Twitter page as well, at the crib South FLA. And I'm also on Twitter as well, at Rivals Geo. And that's a wrap.